Hello, welcome back to the third episode of InsurTech Business Series. Hope you have been keeping safe. My name is Folumi and my co-host is here with me. Damola Oloko. Happy to be here. How are you doing, Folumi? Fine, thank you very much. How have you been? Hope you've been good. Yes, I have. Been quite interesting how work has really changed. I just wanted to use this opportunity to say thank you to everyone that has listened to our podcast so far. Thank you for the feedback and the comments. And we hope that we can continue the conversation. Quite interesting how we've gotten interest around the world. So I just want to say thank you. Like the reviews have been really good. I'm happy to be a part of this. And honestly, I think that there's more from where this is coming from. And I mean, you can imagine when we first sent out our initial podcast asking people who were interested to contact us. And you guys have really been doing that and were saying thank you. It's a whole lot to have people interested in what you're doing. Yes. It's just a way to encourage you to say that we're listening and we are supporting you. So thank you. About that, Damola, what do you think is going to be today's episode? Like, We're going to be talking to someone in the actuarial space. And, you know, it's quite interesting because when you talk about insurance, definitely you, you mention actuaries. After this short break, we'll be speaking with Adi Kaimowitz from South Africa. He's the founder of Virtual Actuary. I saw somewhere while preparing for this that Virtual Actuary is the Uber of actuaries. So it's going to be interesting to hear from him what exactly that means and how well technology is going to impact actuary work. Stay locked. Welcome, Adi. Can you firstly tell us about yourself? Tell us about your journey into actuary and insurance. The first thing I want to say is that I'm very lucky to be working with actuaries in our business, Virtual Actuary. I think I'm one of the only people that is involved at quite a senior level in an actuarial consultancy who is not an actuary. So I work with very talented actuaries, but I'm not an actuary. So I'll just mention that. Okay. The journey to get to this point, now it's interesting because this podcast is about insurtech business. Now, when you open an insurtech business, you have different people involved in the business. Some people yeah. understand programming and software and how to make processes better. That is where the technology part of insurtech comes from. Some people are actuaries and professionals that have worked inside the insurance companies. And some people just come with a business background. I have that. So to get to this point, I mean, I'm 42 years old and I worked in a lot of different businesses over the years in all different industries. And about three years ago, after 10 years of working in the actuarial industry, from a recruitment perspective, as far as building teams of actuaries we decided to open our own actuarial consultancy and build the ultimate team of digital actuaries and so that is our business our business is called virtual actuary we are a consortium of actuaries that take right. on projects our clients are insurers reinsurers 
banks, investment houses, and the different sectors that use actuaries. They are our clients, and we are a consortium of actuaries that service those clients from a consulting perspective. I'm the founder of Virtual Actuary, and I try my best to keep the business running and and working, and so that the actuaries can do their work. I mean, I saw somewhere virtual actuary is the Uber of actuaries, you know. So how do you think that your business and the type of model uh, you are are building uh, is so relevant to the times that we find ourselves? It's a great question, and this is what I'll say. There is a time, or there was a time, where the only way for you to interact with big clients was to be an employee inside a big business, right? Right. And so, you know, if you wanted to work as a programmer developing improved ways for insurance to operate, you had to go get a job inside a big insurer and be an employee. And so the times that we find ourselves in at the moment says that this is not the case. You can be a professional and a business all on your own. Or Mm. if you team up with one or two or three like-minded friends who become your colleagues, you can open up as a business and compete with the big established businesses. This is known, the times that we are in at the moment are known as the you as a brand times. So what that means is that we opened up a consortium, what we call an organized collaborative of actuaries that all work together to be able to service the client. This is known as the gig economy of of professionals. So that is, you know, what is Uber? Uber is the gig economy. This is, I'm I'm a brand. I want to be able to interact and service the client. So they use a platform like Uber to be able to service the end user. So what we've done is we've taken the actuaries and we've brought them together to say, if we all work together with you as a brand and us all working together, then together under the banner of virtual actuary, we can be a business. We can all, we can form what is known as a consortium. And so I'll give you a quick example of how our business works in the actuary space. Let's say you wanted to take 20 of your work colleagues on a trip to Singapore, a business trip for two weeks. And instead of using a travel agency, you phoned Uber to say, this is our itinerary. We want to make sure that you can bring 20 drivers that will go on a Mm. two week journey with us. And we only want to pay one bill at the end to Uber. Uber would then organize the 20 drivers. They would interact with your team leader to say, what is the itinerary? Where are you going? Where are the hotels? Where's everybody staying? What are they going to eat? And the Uber drivers would work as a consortium to Mm. be able to operate as a travel agency that actually sorts you out from A to Z. So that is the way that we operate as an organized Mm. collaborative of actuaries. And, And it goes to the heart of where we are at the moment. The organized collaborative, the consortium business model says, we can all collaborate together in a very organized, structured way to be able to serve our industry. In your case, it would be professionals that come together 
to form an insure tech. Mm. And so we operate right. as an actuarial consortium consultancy. Mm. Wow, great. I mean, you spoke a lot about collaboration. Now, when you talk about insure tech, yeah, you're talking about how you know innovation and technology is going to actually, you know, change the way we actually do, you know, business and technology innovation is some of the things that are driving your business you know as virtual actuary so do you think that entrepreneurs startup founders or people who are looking to enter into either the actuary space for example should be looking to collaborate more so the first thing goes to the heart of when is an entrepreneur ready to be an entrepreneur now you have to have experience in your market to be able to make a success of your entrepreneurial journey in that market it would be incorrect to say that somebody who wants to be an actuary would be able to break away and work as an actuary in a small boutique business in a collaboration because they don't have any experience that they can add to the collaboration you see the important point of a collaboration is that those that are in or a consortium is that each part has to be able to add value to the consortium as a whole so the first thing right. that i would say is that when an actuary or anybody in the insurtech space wants to open their own business it is very very important mm-hmm. that they maybe spend 5 or, or rather their 20s you know the, you know age 20 to 30 working mm-hmm. in a bigger established business as an employee because they need to gain experience first once they have experience right. and they know the market then they are able to say okay i'm ready to break away and form a collaboration it wouldn't be fair to somebody who's in their early 20s to break away and try and take on mm-hmm. the big companies with no experience because they would not have learned fundamental lessons so anybody who's an actuary it's very important that they actually work as an actuary one you know unfortunately at the moment it's quite it's quite sought after and almost glamorous to be an entrepreneur and a business owner these days and i i can understand why <clears throat> but it's more important to make sure that the business that you open can do well and survive And the only way for that to happen is to have learned lessons having worked at big companies. On our side we have very 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 experienced actuaries with 5, 10, 15, 20 20 years of experience and we have brought them together to be able to compete with the big firms that have those sorts of actuaries mm-hmm. inside them. It would be the same as any insurtech looking to go into a market Yes you're going to have some young bright programmers but in essence if you're going into the brokerage business and you want to be able to improve the brokerage process or you want to go into the underwriting mm. sector or anything to do with insurance somewhere along the line you have to have somebody that's worked in insurance that has spent 20 years or 10 years knowing that part of the industry so that they can say from my experience if we can improve these points then we will be able to have a successful business that can tap into that market what you can't have is a group of 
no experience people going into a particular market and saying, oh, you know, we've improved this. Because what happens if the client says to you, the client will not want to buy from you because you don't have any experience. And when they say, well, how have you tackled this? And you say, oh, I didn't know that was a problem in the industry. Then that client's going to say, oh, these guys just want to come in here. <clears throat> they have no experience. They don't know what they're talking about. That, you know, they're an insured tech, but yeah. really they're just a bunch of youngsters that think that they, they can come mm. and tell us what to do. And that's how you're going to come across. So two things come to mind. Firstly, your business is leveraging tech. So how much impact do you think that technology is yeah, having? A, a, a mm. tremendous amount. Our business yeah. is completely empowered by technology. And I'll give you an example. So now okay. we want to be able to interact with a big insurer to say that okay. our actuaries can do, um, uh, we can develop some products for you product development okay? okay now what used to happen back in the day was that that actuary from the consulting firm would have to drive in their car okay. to go and see the client mm. stage one this is how traditional mm -hmm. consultancy would work they would get in their car or they would fly from johannesburg to cape town and they would then drive to the client they would sit in a one-hour meeting they would get all the information they would get the data on memory cards yeah. and then they would go back to the office and then they would now start to work on the information on, on, on the on the product they would then <clears throat> sit with the client on the telephone and and maybe they would have an arrangement where once a week they would fly to cape town and they would have meetings with the client to present the work and this backwards and forwards is really why the fees were so expensive Okay, now let me let me now fast forward you to where we are today and I'll take you through the process. The client gets hold of us. We didn't have to, if I go back one yeah. step, we didn't have to go to a symposium to even meet the client. Mm -hmm. The client can find us okay. online or on LinkedIn or through Google. So even before that, we didn't have to spend money going to a golf day to actually meet who the clients were mm -hmm. and for the clients to know who we are. So the clients are able to find us because of technology. That's point number one. Point number two is they get hold of us and we are able to, within 10 minutes, get two or three of our actuaries to be able to have a meeting with three or four of the clients all sitting at home or at their office mm -hmm. on Zoom or via uh, WhatsApp or via Skype to be able to have a, bo a boardroom right. meeting with them about what they need done. Point number three is, or even just before that, point number three is, uh, uh, or point number two was, the client would have been able to go onto our website and see who are these guys, what do they do, what is the credibility. They didn't have to receive mm. a pamphlet that told them what we do. So all along the way, mm. technology has allowed us to get to a point where we have now met with the client, we're interacting with the client, and now we can now compile an engagement letter in terms of business and get the client to sign it. Before, you would have had to send a courier, they would have had to sign it, you would have had to have a special meeting sitting in front of them to sign the document backwards and forwards. We can do this all digitally. We can send them the paperwork either via something like Tresorit or maybe um, uh, Microsoft Documents or whatever the case may be. The client can sign the documents and then the client can, in a very secure way, send us the data that we need to work with and the work begins. So as you can see, the whole way along, 
our interaction with the client is completely seamless using technology. Now, let's say the actuary is working on the client's model, on a pricing model, and he has a question for the client. He can quickly phone the client and say, I have a question for you. I just want to share screens with you. I want to show you what I'm working on. Mm. Tell me what's going on here. Yeah. And send me the link. But but the client says, but I'm actually on the road. I'm not in my office. The cl- so the actuary says, no problem. I'll send you the Zoom link to your WhatsApp. Mm. The client clicks on the Zoom link on their WhatsApp and is able to share screens with the actuary there and then. The actuary can see what's going on. The client can see what's going on. And immediately the work carries on. So the whole way along, technology has taken something that was very arduous, long, slow, expensive process and has made it completely instant. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. So what comes to mind now is the actuaries themselves. Do you think that the role of the actuary has now changed you know, with, the, with the age of, of technology? I believe, and it is a fact, in fact, that actuaries and insurtech or insurance go together. The one cannot operate the, without the other. And I'll give you a very simple example. You know, Because, I mean, you know, what you're saying is you, you're an insurtech. You want to be able to sell insurance. You want to be able to interact with the client, you know, using whether it's using photos to look at claims, whether it's looking at the pricing of what the clients should be paying, looking at the risk of of how much risk does the client, does the, um, the insurer take on? Is their pricing wrong? So the whole way along, what you cannot yeah. do is exclude the actuaries because you will have some fundamental problems that will come up with your business. And I'll give you a little example. Let's say we decided to open up a car company and you say, well, I, I know what I like my car to look like. Put big wheels on, big mags, make it black make it white make it red i want big spotlights i want it to go this fast that's all very very cosmetic now you say ah and we will buy our engine from harley davidson ah it's going to be a harley davidson car it's a revolution the guy's a genius amazing we will get a mechanic i have a mechanic that's going to put it all together we'll build the car beautiful so what you're doing is you're actually a company that just puts cars together. Where the actuary comes in is they are the ones that build the engine. They are the ones that designed the engine. So now let's say you decided to build a car company that builds cars, but you decided not to include an actuary. All you will have is a company 
that has the ability to build cars and sell cars as they are available right now. There's no special feature. But if you got an actuary involved right at the beginning and you said to the actuary, well, the reality is, is we actually just want a car that can carry two people. We don't need a car that can carry four or we need one that is a half motorbike, half car. Then the actuary can say, okay, let's look at the kind of engine that you want inside the car that has certain features. You want it to be electric operated in certain respects. And you also want it to have, you don't need a, you don't need a V12, you actually need a V4. There's new technology that allows you to have a V4. This is how you'll put it together. And because you're using this kind of a chassis, you don't need the whole exhaust system. So therefore, I will design your engine mm. for exactly what you need. So that is exactly the same as mm. you looking to become a cell in a cell captive arrangement. So you don't carry the risk of having the insurance license yourself. But what you're doing is you're designing mm. your insurance product to be specific for the clientele that you want to service. And the actuary is able to dissect your entire product range, how you how the products interact together, what functionalities you need in the product, what kind of capital reserves you need to have in your insurer to make sure that your insurance products are optimal and you're not wasting money and the pricing is correct for your clientele now if you don't go to that deep level with an actuary that has product and pricing mm. experience and and from a regulatory perspective mm. imagine imagine you just open up your insurance company with those products but you didn't realize that you needed to have certain reserves and you needed to apply for certain licenses with the regulator because you didn't have an actuary telling you and now you've sold 25,000 policies over three years and all of a sudden the regulator flags you and says hold on a second who put this business together you didn't follow these actuarial principles you need to sh stop operations <clears throat> so it's all good and well <clears throat> when when business is going and then you're selling policies and everything's fine but if you really have to go to the heart of it you've made certain fundamental mistakes because you didn't have an actuary involved that your entire business could be wiped off the table because you didn't know what you were doing because you didn't have an actuary there so that is where people that feel that you shouldn't have an actuary involved are completely wrong because at a fundamental level you cannot have an insurance business that interacts with the industry without having an actuary as your best friend that's my take that's very true well, with the age of technology now, what, what skills do you think that actuaries should be imbibing so that they can remain relevant and create more That's value? A brilliant to question. Their so you've got the actuaries. If they knew how programming works as far as apps and computer programs, then those actuaries are able to interact with the platform IT people to be able to explain to them how the products need to translate into the client being able to interact with them. A nice example would be if you're a pricing actuary and you're developing a pricing model, 
it's not good enough to let's say just make a static model but if you can build your model in a platform that is able to interact with a live quoting system then it means that your field agents are able to go on the road mm -hmm. interact with potential clients let's say you go and you do an exhibition at a shopping center you want to sell products you want to be able to have the app yeah. available to all the field agents with a live pricing model that is accurate so that there and then while the client is interacting with you you can put all the variables in and if they like the pricing and all the functionalities that the product gives them they can sign there and then so that pricing and that product yeah. actually have to be able to work with the people that do the app to be able to say how can we build this in a way that it makes the interaction with the clients seamless So this is kind of at the heart of where insurtechs and insurance companies are maybe at a little bit of a, a loggerhead. With the insurance companies for many years have been working a certain way, okay? And the insurtechs come in and say, "Well, why is it that if I want to buy an insurance product online today, I can't do it?" So the insurtechs are coming in and they understand that in order for the whole process to be seamless, the clients don't want 30 pages of documentation. They only want to see one page of documentation. And 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 when yeah. they're using a slider from a, like from a fintech perspective, let's say they want to do a, a, a money loan or whatever and they push the slider, there and then the pricing has to be live. So so what you'll find is that the, those that want to go mm. into insurance insure tech understand that that whole process needs to be able to integrate with modern technology like how apps are built and how amazon you know maybe you're so we also use amazon web services to be able to work in the cloud in a seamless way so let's say yeah. let's say an insurtech or an insurance company wants to be able to interact with their clientele it's an, or sign on new clientele It's not good enough for the the insurer's database to be stored in their basement because if somebody is on the road yeah. and selling products what you don't want is just to get information about the client and then a broker will phone you and come and see you and sign you on with paperwork and come back to the office and a data inputer will put that data onto the system and then you know a week later you'll get an email welcoming you with another document that you need to fill out so this is the problem one has to be able to marry the seamlessness of interacting with the client in a way that the insurance company does not compromise on the pricing and the range and the functionality of their products um because they are on the road and and the whole system has not happened in office actuaries of today need to be able to understand the process of cloud computing so that they are able to interact with their IT departments to be able to administer and sell and pay out policies in a seamless way. Thank you for that. Now, let's talk about the insurance space in South Africa. 
right? So how well do you think that the actuary community has done in terms of helping the insurance industry in South Africa? You know, we have some of the most sophisticated insurance products in the world. We have some of the most sophisticated banking products in the world. You know, the, the level of acumen and ability that the Actuarial Society of South Africa has built is more than world class. It is a global standard in success. And so what happens is even on the healthcare side of things, you know, we have recently taken on a client in Silicon Valley, a health tech company, because when they when they saw that our actuaries are in South Africa, they I mean, we are, you know, years and years um, advanced in actuarial techniques and abilities. And, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because South Africans and, act, and, and Africans in general, we are thinkers and we are problem solvers. You know, in Africa, the truth is, is you know, often you have to solve your own problem. You have to be innovative. And so 20 years of innovation and working with government institutions and everybody working collaboratively together so that we i mean we have we you know you know it's a beautiful continent and and beautiful people and we have a lot of what we call yes so you know that 20 years of out of the box thinking of how do we solve these issues has created a culture of ability the ability to have excellent products the ability Mm -hmm. to be able to have a very sophisticated insurance industry and we do we've got a very sophisticated insurance industry you know the products are very specialized you know we've we've pretty much invented what we call behavioral uh, insurance and banking and healthcare. you know this is this is a world first and and yeah so i think we've done a brilliant job and uh, and there's no doubt that the world is looking at us as uh, the um, at the forefront of insurtech innovation. The only thing is this, you know, if you're looking at Africa or South Africa, it's very important that any insurtech that goes into the market understands from a business perspective, it's not good enough to have good ideas. You need to be able to bring right. together a group of people that can take those ideas and put them in a way that the insurers can actually use them. But what you don't want mm. is to put it in a way that the insurers can use them and then steal and then steal your ideas. Mm. That's a tricky. It's a tricky balance um, so, between being an insure mm. tech and trying to get business in the industry. And, 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 and approaching clients and just, oh, that's a great yeah. idea. We'll just do it ourselves. A very tricky balance. And that's where the business acumen and the experience comes in to be able to interact with the industry in a way that you can actually get the business off the ground. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series, where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. It's interesting 
how things have been in in the South African industry and especially in the insurance space. And a lot of uh, insurance industries in other countries in Africa, you know, look up to that that market and see how they can actually develop and you know improve in some of the of their operations and services. I listened to your conversation with Marjorie Ngwenya, and it was quite interesting. You know, so. What do you think the future holds for actuaries in this part you know, of the world? I can say this. Some of the brightest actuaries I ever interacted with over 10 years, or now it's 14 years of, of working with actuaries, come from Africa. Okay? Some of the absolute brightest. Mm. And so from an ability perspective... Absolutely world-class professionals. And so I think that it's a tricky balance between being an actuary in Africa, who is very, very bright, but but then one who is also able to Mm. earn an excellent, excellent income. Because, you know, quite often the insurers overseas, they pay more money to the actuaries. So I would say that it's an interesting balance Mm. between being an African actuary and actually working in an African market because what, how much are you going to earn in an African market? I think your ability to earn is very, very good, but because the currencies for all of us, unfortunately, are not as good as the overseas currencies, the lure is to go and earn overseas currencies. So I think that the way to maybe do it is, as an African actuary, is to be able to make sure that you can... And I guess our business is an excellent example of African actuaries that are able to digitally interact with overseas clients without having to leave the continent. I mean, this is a revolution. Because, you know, what you want is to be able to service the local market as well as service the overseas market. So I think that the future is bright because never in our history over the last 20 years were we able to seamlessly interact with overseas clients and also get, you know, bring, bring you know, funds into the country from overseas with overseas paying clients and, and not have moved overseas. So I think that the future is very bright. I think what is important is that for African actuaries or anybody in InsurTech to have a global mindset is not that they only want to service the local market only. Very important to service the local market. Very, very important. But one must also have a global outreach mindset where our InsurTech that we are developing can also be used to service overseas markets because then we can get those clients to interact with us, pay us. We can then take that money and filter it into our local economy. Very, very important. Mm, Right. So you mentioned the strides as regards behavioral modeling in the South African industry. Now, what do you think we can learn? Because I believe that that is the future. Changing pricing, for example, to be more behavior linked, incentivized. What do you think we can learn from your market, especially in Nigeria here, where it's more, almost like a one one size fits all in terms of pricing? I think that at the heart 
of a sophisticated market is reliable data. Because in order for behavioral fundamentals to be able to impact a product, a pricing, a suggested product, a suggested discount that then creates better behavior, there has to mm-hmm. be a base where the data can sit mm-hmm. that is reliable. Because in order for those different parts of the businesses mm-hmm. to work together, to be able to serve the clients better, they need to be able to interact together. And so therefore, at the heart of a better insurer, or at the heart of a better healthcare business, or at the heart of a better bank, is reliable data. So mm-hmm. I think that in order for the market to become more sophisticated, one has to stop and say this. Mm. It's not all about just selling products and insuring people and making money. We actually want to build something, right. an ecosystem that will benefit the continent or that will benefit our insurance company. It might take five years, mm. but we need to collect better data. And that goes to the heart of when you are selling the insurance products mm. to the client. Or, you know, you have to be able to make sure that the information that you receive is reliable. What is your ID? Who are your parents? How old are they? Who is involved? You know, what is the, mm. what is the, the details of the beneficiaries? You know, if you're going to cut corners, Imagine you could get that one of the beneficiaries is a, is a child mm. that is, you know, just about to finish high school and they're going to go to university. Mm. Imagine you at the end of the year could send an email or an SMS or a phone call to the main member to say, congratulations, your child is now going to go to university. We have a special mm. car insurance that we would like to offer you. And now you go into a whole stream of selling the car insurance, you know, mm. with telematics and if they drive better and where are they going to park the car and, you know, financing for the car. The only way that you could be mm. able to have better behavior and be able to upsell and be able to offer better products to that client is if initially the information mm. that was collected on the beneficiary is how old are they? You know, when are they going to be at university? Are they male or female? I think at the heart of a more sophisticated mm. insure tech market is being thorough in collecting the right data and being, metic- and being meticulous in doing that. Because if that is the case, then you can actually build good models to be able to provide better products to your industry. Mm. However, If the insurers are going to say, we don't have time for that, just sell the product, just sell the funeral product, it doesn't matter. And what happens is you create a culture where you're never able to specifically improve the industry because the underlying data doesn't let you do anything. I think if I was going to say that's what I think could be suggested, but it's a five-year plan. It's not a quick fix. It's really taking a step back and saying, how can we improve the industry? Mm. Let's start the process. Because if you start the process, but then you have to be able to govern that. 
You have to be able to do it properly. The companies that have done that properly then say, well, you know, look at all this data that we've got. Okay, well, let's offer them bank accounts. Because if we offer them bank accounts, we know when they, we know when their insurance um, premiums are coming off. We know where they're spending their money. We know where they're going on holiday because we we gave them a discount on the holiday packages. Mm. So one is able mm-hmm. to really paint a picture from a behavioral perspective. Mm. We'll talk about some of these innovations and different ways of doing things now compared to before. So w- w- where do you think the role of the regulator comes, comes in? Because they create the, the environment sure. where some of these well, things can try. I think that the regulator's job is to make sure that the ecosystem doesn't crumble. But I think that if maybe they can open up um, the the licenses to more companies that want to be able to service the market and maybe just you know trying to sandbox a couple of companies so that maybe they can work in kind of like a sandbox environment so that they can still introduce innovation Mm. into the market without completely relaxing on the rules and the regulations. So you do it more from like an, an umbrella fund, an umbrella regulatory environment so that mm. those that are entering the market that are young are able to do so in a controlled way without the regulator having to police all the smaller businesses. What would you say is your advice now for young upcoming actuaries people are in school and those who are still i would say this there has never been Mm. a better time to go for your dreams and goals ever you have never ever been more empowered than you are today to go and follow your dreams and your goals what you do not want to do is allow the older people in the industry mm. to scare you of how things are done. If you feel that things need to be done in a better way, you need to lean on the experience of those that are older, but don't let their fear hold you back. There has never been a better time for you to interact with global clients and global professionals than today at an affordable way. So go there, go out there, and don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do it because this is not how things have been done. But but you have to have experience. There's a difference between going for your dreams and, and not knowing what you're doing and going for your dreams once you understand a little bit about the market that you're going for. Thank you very much for joining us, Adi. Really appreciate your time. You are very insightful things you said, and we hope that we can have more conversations in the future and maybe collaborate in one way or another. Thank you. I hope that what I said was useful. You know, I always try to be practical in the things that I say. And I also try to get to the heart of why I think some people have hiccups. And so I just hope that what I have said is useful to you and to anybody that was hearing what I was saying. Thank you for inviting me on your wonderful show. Welcome back. I'm sure you enjoyed that particular series with Mr. Adi. He spoke a lot about technology and how it affects the actuarial space. 
which I think it's an important thing for us to look at. And, you know, it's time for us to start to talk about all of these technology impacts on some of our services, especially in terms of actuary. What do you think, Damala? Yes, it was quite interesting, you know. It was very practical. And, I mean, we've talked about the fact that technology is going to impact the industry. And so looking at it from the point of view of an actuary was quite interesting. There are opportunities in that space and technology can actually amplify kind of impact that actuarial services can bring into the industry. The point that really came home to me was the fact that there is a need for actuaries to understand how programming works, for example, so that you are able to have a better structured conversation with your IT department in terms of how you roll out services to your customers. That's the future that we begin to see. And it was quite interesting how he talked about some of those things. I know that it's not in Nigeria, it's based in South Africa, but if we bring it home, we'll be able to pick one or two things and probably with that, we can see how to better the industry in terms of data collection and pricing, rating, and all of those very important things now that customer demands are changing. The South African market, that's the insurance industry, is quite uh, advanced, more than the Nigerian market. And... I mean, they have a a higher uh, market penetration, you know, compared to Nigeria. And so it was quite interesting to learn about some of the things that they have done in their market. I mean, from the actuarial point of view, it's good to learn from others who have gone a few steps ahead. And it was very nice to hear from him as regards how data, for example, is pushing a lot of change in their market. And so those are areas where I think that actuaries in Nigeria can really grow and even improve. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. All right, thank you, Damola. Time for us to go on to our new segment, and I hope that you stay tuned. Welcome to the new segment. Earlier this month, President Muhammad Buhari approved the appointment of Sunday Thomas as Commissioner of Insurance and CEO of the National Insurance Commission, also known as NICOM. We all at InsurTech Business Series would like to say congratulations to the new Commissioner. We look forward to seeing an industry more tech-enabled with InsurTechs allowed to thrive. On the foreign scene, the FCA in the UK has mandated insurers to reassess the risk profiles of customers with missed or late payment fees, accept rescheduling of policy terms, and also permit a customer to amend their repayment date without cost. This is coming following criticism levied on UK car insurers for refusing to rebate premium to customers who are not driving or driving fewer miles as a result of the pandemic. That's all we have. All right, thank you very much for staying tuned to our new segment. It's been awesome having you listen to us. We hope to bring you more and even hope to give you much more value. I want to say thank you to Adi Kaimowitz, 
from South Africa. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about the actuary space and how technology is really going to impact that area. And for our listeners, you can join the conversation even online. You can leave a message here on podcast or you can tweet at us at insured365n on LinkedIn, InsureTech Business Series. So thank you very much once again and see you next time.